Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Spirit of God comes into us, lives inside of us, and we then become spiritually alive. This is called the doctrine of regeneration or the doctrine of spiritual regeneration. This is not about becoming better. This is not God's self-improvement program, and there's nothing wrong with self-improvement unless that becomes your God. This is not about becoming better. This is about becoming new. We live in a world where many people deny that they are sinners and that there are spiritual forces that work behind the scenes. However, the scripture opens our eyes to the unseen world and calls us to the forgiveness of sins and protection from the punishment for sins found only in Jesus Christ. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul describes how God intervenes and brings people from spiritual death to spiritual life. Whether you are a follower of Jesus or not, this is some of the most important information you can ever learn and make a decision about, since it will determine your eternal destiny. To hear and learn more, here's Pastor Jim in Ephesians chapter 2. But Satan is more prominent in the book of Ephesians than any other New Testament book. And many people will tell you, I don't believe in the devil. I don't believe in evil. I don't believe in such things until we see great evil in the world. And then it is amazing how many people who really don't even believe in God, yet who say, oh my God, um, (laughs) how many people who don't believe in God will tell you that they actually believe in the forces of evil? In 2 Corinthians 4, Satan is called by the Apostle Paul the God of this age. And so he is the prince of the power of the air, Uh, That means that he lives in the unseen realm. Now, he has a lot of minions, so don't don't be like, oh, no, oh, no, he's after me all the time. And so uh, it's not that he and his minions take possession of everyone. And you know why he doesn't do that? That would be too obvious. Like, just imagine if everybody was demon-possessed except for the Christian people. Because the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. So can Christians be demon-possessed? No. Demon-oppressed? Yes. Okay, we can be oppressed by the evil one. But if everybody was demon-possessed, that would be pretty obvious. Like, um, how do I, you go to the doctor, like, how do I cure this? He'd be like, just become a follower of Jesus. That would be it. He, that would be it. It would be, it would be done. No, no, no. He, 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 that would be way too obvious. He is very subtle. So what does he do? He just sways people. He's like fishermen. He just baits the hook. And then when when you bite, he does it. He he tells you, oh, you should do this. You should do this. And then you do it. And then he knocks you down, kicks your teeth in and says, you stupid idiot. Why did you do that? That's, That's the way he works. The enemy is active in helping people not believe and helping people to be have hostility towards followers of Jesus, and he fans the flame of sin. Now, 
we know that he lost at the cross and we know that he's on a timer, but he's going for it all he can. Uh, some people refer to him as a junkyard dog on a leash and uh, he can only go so far, but don't get too close. Now, the third thing we follow may be the most challenging of all, the lusts of the flesh, the lusts of the flesh. And that refers to our own sinful desires, just when we thought we were going to get off the hook. And, and the flesh, our own sinful desires, leads people to thoughts and actions that are opposed to God. And it is the self-centered gospel of self. And we are all prone to it. If you think you're not, oh boy, because we all can, can be self-centered. And the interesting thing about people that who are just knee-deep, I mean, they are just in over their head of the gospel of self is... A lot of them don't want to change. Have you noticed that? You talk to people who just really love this life apart from God, and you, and you, you talk to them about it. And, and, you know, years ago, you would just say, well, you know, that's, that's a sinner. And, and they would, people would say, yeah, I know, but this is the way I am, and it's the way God made me, and, you know, whatever. And, and now people are just like, what are you talking about? Like, this is crazy. I, I never heard of this stuff. But this is what happens when, when generations don't raise their kids in things and, and, and things like the internet with all the, you know, really the, the high priests of, of the flesh and the world, the flesh and the devil are constantly on the internet preaching their gospel. And some people just say, I don't want to change because I like it. Or they boast about the, the way that they live apart from God or they, or they just blame others or they have endless excuses. Well, how serious is this? Romans 8, 8 says, uh, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That's, that's bad, right? Would you agree with me that's bad? So we don't want to be in the flesh. We want to be the term that Paul's going to use a lot and uses all the time. We want to be in Christ. Now, theologically, this is the doctrine of total depravity. Now, some people think total depravity means, are you saying I'm as bad as I can be? That's, that's not what it means it just basically means that we, we love our way rather than God's. Theologians also talk about total inability or the doctrine of total inability, that we are incapable of coming to God without the Holy Spirit and the grace of God. Now, the debate is in this, and this is oversimplifying it. Does God start the process and help us get to him? Or does God take us from start to finish? Now, you can go home and debate about that tonight all night you want. But I will just say this. Uh, because I know people feel differently, and I don't want to start a fight with people and, and have you emailing the other pastors because, uh, you know, I always give their email address out during the services. <laughs> but, but that doesn't change what we do. Whether, whether, whether you believe that, that God gets the, the ball rolling... That, that's called prevenient grace, or and he helps us along, or you believe that he's the whole thing start to finish. Most people would call that irresistible grace. It doesn't really matter because our job as Christians is to tell people the good news. So maybe you're a super brain and you want to talk about these things all night long. Uh, you know, if you want to, you know, we can go out to lunch if you want. If you want to pay, I'll order the most expensive thing on the menu. And... Um, and I'll take whichever side you want. <laughs> whichever side you want me to argue, I will, I, will, I will take whichever side you want. But it doesn't change the mission. 
It doesn't change the mission. We are to tell people about the grace of God. And and the Apostle Paul says we were all like this. He ends verse 3, we were by nature children of wrath, speaking of God's wrath, just as the others. Now, it's interesting when you, when you think about people who will be in hell, there seems to be no indication that those in hell will change or even want to change. Maybe get out, but, or, but maybe they are going to be fine there. So it seems to be, uh, C.S. Lewis said, the door of hell is locked from the inside, that people will really get their choice and they will end up where they'd like to be. Now, when we think of, of, of hell, we think of horrible criminals. But God thinks of, he thinks of it differently. He thinks of people who sin, people who don't do what they are supposed to do, people who have not been made alive by the Holy Spirit, which we'll talk about in a minute, people are not, who are not holy like God is. Ver, Hebrews 10.31 says this, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of, of the living God. Most of you look stunned by that verse. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Some of you are like, excuse me, Pastor Jim, you said we were going on the roller coaster, not the haunted house. I mean, God is holy. God hates sin. It is a violation of what he told us to do. And and some of you might be saying, this is absolutely terrifying. I agree. (laughs) The Bible writer agrees. It is a fearful thing. Now, when we think of wrath, what do we think of? We think of somebody having a temper tantrum and throwing things all around the house. That's not what God's wrath is. It's not a blinded anger. It is God's righteous judgment. It is his justice for crimes against the kingdom. Now, notice so far, the Apostle Paul has no category for good people and bad people. It's those he's going to talk about who were made alive. It was in italics because we're going to talk about it. And people who were dead. So our eternal destiny will be by one of two things. It won't be good or bad. It will be by nature, dead, or by grace, alive. So here's the thing. Which are you going to choose? Which are you going to choose? I'll leave it in your court. Which are you going to choose? How, how, how do you want to, 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 to meet God? By your dead nature or by his grace? See, a lot of people think that God doesn't care about sin. Do not mistake God's patience for his not caring. Back in the day when I owned my trucking company, Sometimes people would make mistakes over and over again and have a very flippant, I don't care attitude. And somebody would say to them, what did Jim say? And they would go, he's cool with it. He said nothing. And they said to them, start looking for a job. (laughs) Because when he says nothing, that means he's really mad. (laughs) See, See, don't mistake God's patience for his not caring. God is patient and long-suffering, not willing that any would perish, the Bible says, but that all would come to repentance. So right now, the door to heaven is open, but when Jesus returns, it will no longer be open. By that point in time, it will be too late, or when any of us die. 
In fact, if you are here today and you are a follower of Jesus, it's important to realize what he's just told you, that the door was shut to you. However, something happened. And if you have your own Bible, this is why you have to bring your own Bible and not use the Bible in the seat in front of you because you can't write in the Bibles in the seat in front of you. You're like, I do all the time, Pastor Jim. We know. (laughs) We know. Because verse 4, I can't stand when this happens to me. I know the point in time that I'm going to get emotional. I don't plan it. I know where it's going to come. I just, because I just, because I'm overwhelmed personally. And sometimes it happens in the first service and I go, good, I got it out of my system and I'm worse in the second service. The first two words of verse four, you need to underline and circle in your Bible and star it and highlight it. You were dead in trespass and sins, but God. You were going to hell, but God. God changed the whole direction, the whole thing for you. Those two words right there explain the antidote to the curse and the bad news of verses one through three. But God. So if you know you've put your trust in Jesus Christ and you feel that spiritual oppression come upon you, here's what you say. But God, leave. (laughs) That's it. But God. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which, which he loved us, past tense. Not because of our good behavior, is it? No, Past tense, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. It's a done deal. We've been made alive. That's why the translators put that in verse 1. And then he says in parentheses there, by grace you have been saved. He's going to talk about that in a bit again. Then wants to make sure we catch it. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now note, we are in the heavenly places right now positionally, but we are not with Christ in the heavenly places yet. We're not physically with him yet, but we're in Christ there. That in the ages to come... He might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So why did God send Jesus to die on the cross? Lots of reasons. There's there's lots of reasons. We don't have time for that tonight. But for our purposes tonight, he sent him to open the door of heaven to you. That's why he sent him. The door was closed to you because you were dead. And now he sends Christ to die on the cross for your sins to make it possible for you to walk through that door. Why did he do it? We're told because of his mercy, because of his love, because of his grace, 
because of his kindness. I'm just pilfering words right from what we just read. We just read all of that. That's why he did it. And his grace, his, his mercy, his love, his grace, his kindness, Christian, were towards you. Towards you. See, that's why I'd rather have an identity in Christ any day of the week over what I think of myself. Because I know nothing changes that. God is not moody. He's not up and down. He's not, he's not judging me by my performance like I judge me by my performance. This is the heart of the gospel. This is the good news of heaven. This is the hope of heaven that, that God comes from the outside of us to the inside of us. It's nothing that comes from the inside of us and out. It comes from the outside of us in. And God loved us and continues to love us, but God loved us by sending Christ to die on the cross. Now, this is the beautiful thing about the cross. Think about the cross. God says he will judge sins. Where did he do that? At the cross. God says that he will have mercy on those who put their trust in him. Where does that happen? At the cross. So neither God's justice or God's mercy is compromised at the cross. Both are done. So when you, Jesus said, repent and believe, we often say when, we turn, when you turn and trust, when you turn to God, put your trust in Jesus, Repent means turn, believe means to put your trust in Jesus. God commits to blessing you forever in Christ. So if you're here today and you're a Christian, you are now sitting blessed forever in Christ. It's not going to leave you. You are now sitting blessed if we were Pentecostal, we'd say, take it to the person next to you. You're blessed, brother. Okay? <laughs> you are blessed. Maybe we should do that. <laughs> it is an eternal and everlasting experience of God's love and grace and mercy. We are guaranteed his love and grace and mercy we are guaranteed not to be punished for our sins. Why? Because Jesus Christ was already punished for our sins in our place on the cross. Now, again, if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, and it's very common for people to, to sit here for a while. In fact, this is going to sound shocking to you, especially for young people. Anybody who believes the first time they hear it, I'm very skeptical. Very skeptical because there are so many things pulling at your world unless, you, unless we really had to pour you into your seat because you know that, that you're just, you've really done all kinds of just stuff that just has you all over the place. But that means God's already been at work. But the first time you hear it, if you come in like, yeah, yeah, doing good, making six figures, driving a sports car, house at the beach, you know, uh, you know the future's so bright I got to wear shades. And you come in and you hear it and you believe, I'm very skeptical. I really am, because, because you have to, you have to the, the cultural pressures are, are just absolutely huge, and you probably will fall away very quickly. But, but we're guaranteed when we trust in Christ, 
We are guaranteed of his grace. But it's not just for the moment of forgiveness. The initial moment, it is, it is guaranteed grace that we need every day to walk with him on into eternity. But again, not everybody's going to benefit from this. Only those that, 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 that turn and trust in him. They will, will be the people that will be made alive together with Christ. They will be the people that will escape the wrath. We who once were dead because of the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ are now like Jesus. We'll talk about that in a second. We are positionally in God's eyes risen from the dead by the grace of God and the power of God and the spirit of God comes into us, lives inside of us, and we then become spiritually alive. This is called the doctrine of regeneration or the doctrine of spiritual regeneration. This is not about becoming better. This is not God's self-improvement program, and there's nothing wrong with self-improvement unless that becomes your God. This is not about becoming better. This is about becoming new. It's about becoming alive. Verse we cite all the time, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So you sit here tonight and you go, I can't forgive myself for what I used to do. Stop with the standards that are higher than God's. Stop with that. And those things are old. Now you're new. You say, well, I've been a Christian a long time, but I just can't. God's mercies are new every morning. Confess it. Believe God says that you are washed clean. Believe that you are forgiven. And and, and get on with this. See, this is why an identity in Christ is so important and not an identity in anything else. And so it's a fact. All things, all things have become new. Remind yourself of that. Preach that message to yourself. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to I get in your face and ask you this question. Doesn't that sound great? Don't you want to be made new? Don't you want to know that you can meet God with all of your sins washed away? And Colossians 3.1 tells us how being made alive changes us. He says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. So what does it mean to seek those things above? In other words, live in practicality what you already are in God's position. You are new, so start living new. Start living new. Forget about the old guy. He's dead. Every once in a while, uh, when Pam and I first got married, we, some name would come up and she would say, you know, who's that guy? And I would say, oh, he's the old friend of the dead man. <laughs> Talking about who I used to be before I was a Christian. Now, you say, how is this possible? The answer, I think, is tucked away in verse 6 where he says that, that followers of Jesus sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, this does not mean we are divine. That's what cults teach you. That does not mean we are divine, 
but it does mean that we have God's divine power already inside of us in the person of the Holy Spirit, but you need to practice the spiritual disciplines because a lot of times God delivered, the grace delivery system comes through the Word of God. Thank you for listening to Change by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire here at Changed by Love is simply to bring you the life-changing message of Jesus Christ by teaching you the Bible in a simple, easy-to-follow way. With that being said, we try to put our messages into as many people's hands as possible for a very low cost and often free of charge to anyone who contacts us. Did you know that all of our messages can be found for free on our website? Changedbyloveradio.com That's changedbyloveradio.com Please check out our website and hit the Contact Us button to tell us something about yourself or to request a CD copy of a message. Here at Changed by Love, we depend on the grace of God as well as the generosity and prayers of our loyal listeners. So thank you to all of you who are prayerfully and financially supporting our program. We would love to hear from you and pray that you drop us a card or a letter to Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. And don't forget to contact our friends at this radio station and tell them you are being blessed by Changed by Love. It would be a great encouragement to them. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you'll make plans to join us again next time, right here on this station, for more practical Bible teaching through God's Word with Pastor Jim Kevney, passionately proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that needs to hear.